Thanks for joining us on Joy Church Podcasts. Our Sunday services are held at 1030 a.m. at 4120 Highway 50A in Fernley, Nevada. To stay up to date with what's going on at Joy Church, check out our website at www.joychurch.life. The following message is presented by our senior leader, John Poundstone. Good morning. During that last song, um, Breathe on me, breath of God, in John chapter 20, verse 22. <laughs> the disciples, there was 11 of them in the upper room, and <laughs> they had lost everything. Their, everything they bet their whole lives on for three and a half years. They had lost because Jesus had been brutally tortured, mocked, derided, killed, mercilessly was buried in a tomb, and they didn't know that, but it was day three and he had risen again. They didn't know that. So they're they're just in a terrible shape, not knowing up from down, not knowing whether they're going to live or die, or the Romans, what, they were, what were the Romans going to do to them? What were the Jews going to do with them? The Pharisees, the Sadducees, the Sanhedrin or Hedron, a whole nine yards, when suddenly Jesus walks through the wall. He says, fear not. And he took a deep breath and he blew on them. And he said, receive the Holy Spirit. About 50 days later, in Acts chapter 2, the Holy Spirit came on 120 in the upper room. But just as importantly, he came in, in. To us, and he has been available ever since. Father, help us to fully assimilate what it means that the third person of the Trinity, your very self, your very nature, the person of Holy Spirit, is with us. His breath is on us. He is within us. He is in our midst, and he's inside of all of us who profess Jesus as Lord. Amen? Can you think of a more powerful or better gift? That's a non-rhetorical question requiring an answer. (laughs) Okay. Every year, I and others, but I seek the Lord for what what do you think the theme needs to be for the coming year? Believe it or not, November is only 10 days away. So that means that the New Year is only like 70, 71 days away. So yes, I've already been seeking him for that for 2024. and I want to share with you back in the fall of 2022 what he was saying for 2023. He said, our, the, our key words for this year have been follow, Pray, speak. And the backdrop, the theme has has been become, become, become. Let us transition toward human becomings rather than human doings. Follow. He loves his fans. He blesses his followers. He's winnowing. He's separating. 
followers and fans. He still loves the fans. He's with them always. He's ready the second that they're ready. And he's paying extra special attention, blessing, authority, power, and so forth, those who will really follow him. That's part of what's going on in the culture around you, is that he is doing some separating. And some of the stuff that you see is not just human nature. And some of the stuff that you see is not just the devil. Some of this stuff is God working. If you uh, read the end of Hebrews chapter 12, it will tell you very clearly that God is doing this. Does that make sense? Yes? Okay, so I want to, I'm starting to really get the sense that one of the absolute key words for 2024 for this and many other churches is going to be the word pray. 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 So this morning I wanted to bring a message to kind of kick that whole thing off. I also want to tell you that it very much ties into the last four or five messages about that have tried to help us all attain a deeper hunger for the, the real things of Jesus, a deeper hunger for the things of Christ, a deeper hunger beyond our everyday needs and everyday lives. And so this message ties in with all of those prior messages. And they're up on Spotify. If you'll enjoy listening to podcasts while you're working or driving or whatever, doing housework, um, etc. Or they're up on uh, joychurch.life, our website, and you can find the recording there, along with the, um, the visual aids or the, the, the multimedia, the slides. You can actually get the slides and handouts and so forth from joychurch.life. And there's a, there's a, I think it's a messages tab. I really do believe that probably prayer is going to be pray, that's a verb, is going to become a major focus in 2024. And the other night, there were several of us praying in our home. There was myself and 12 others. And one of the things that came out of that prayer session, it was a pretty powerful night. And one of the things that came out of it was this phrase, normalize extraordinary. I'll repeat it. I think it's a direction or a confirmation, an affirmation. Uh, What's the word I'm looking for? Validation. Normalize extraordinary. I will tell you from a life's experience that will never happen in a non-praying person or enterprise or church. The better news is that it will happen in a praying individual or group. Normalize extraordinary. So when I felt the tug of the Spirit and I said something to my wife about, I think I'm supposed to teach about prayer, I knew that was going to be just a cakewalk because as I look back at the previous times I've prepared messages for this subject, there were 50 of them in my file. I've prepared this subject 50 times in just a few, these last few years. So that's all good. I don't have to really work or study all that hard this week. That's that's a bonus. Oh, huh. <laughs> May I see slide two, please?
as I have done theologics and exegesis and hermeneutics and all these kinds of things and looked things academically and like a seminary, this is kind of what you'll find out if you go to seminary. I don't want to hear anything about all those things, do you? I mean, this is not academia. This is not seminary, right? I just, I just want to pray. How, are we okay with that? So I'm not going to teach you about any of that stuff. Is that okay? Could you say, phew? <laughs> All right. <laughs> I, want, I just want us to have an experience. So one of the other things that we teach a lot about is all the things that hinder answers to prayer. All the things that hinder answers to prayer. So we could launch into the things that you may think or believe or may have been taught hinder answers to prayer or even block answers to prayer. Here are things that I have been taught or have at one time or another believed or have seen written or have heard before. What's what's that next slide say? What hinders answers to prayer? Anybody ever heard of any of these before or been taught any of these or maybe formed your own opinion that these hinder answers to prayer? Well, I spent some time because this turned out to not be just a simple, easy coast to prepare a message. I didn't get to coast. I looked up where did the, how come some people or denominations or whatever say these things and what, what verses do they come from? And let me just save you a whole bunch of time. No, none of these things hinder prayer. Not one. I looked up the verses. I checked out the context. Isn't isn't that great news? (laughs) None of those hinder answers to prayer. They they can hinder myself, but they don't hinder God in any way. The only unambiguous thing in the Bible that hinders prayer applies to men only. Women, you are completely absolved. You're excused. You don't have to worry a thing about this. Because the only thing that hinders prayer in the Bible that I can find is a husband who doesn't view his wife and doesn't treat or doesn't treat his wife in the way God intended. First Peter chapter three, verse seven. In every translation, in all the Greek and all the Aramaic, in every way you can exegete it, and every way you can put it into Every spouse who's in the room who is female, let's go ahead, look at your husband. Give him that look. Help the Holy Spirit convince him. <laughs> here, here's, here, let, me, let me tell you how and why this is. It has to do with biblical headship. What we've been taught in church a lot about headship is good. It's just not nearly God's best. And it all starts with, in the book of Genesis, and it all starts with Jesus, who is the head of all and the head of the church, and the husband is the head of the wife, and so forth. And that's another sermon another day, but that's where that stems from. Okay? How about it, men, if we move along now? That'd be okay with you? 
<laughs> when it comes to prayer, we often make it so complicated. Types of prayer, hindrances of prayer, and more. I think it's, you ready for the next slide, please. I think it's possible that God might just be going, huh? Yeah. Now, I don't, for a second, pretend that I can speak for God. And I don't, for a nanosecond, think that I'm supposed to climb up on his throne and tell you what he's saying, for sure. I just, over all these years, <laughs> all this time and all this Bible reading I've done and all the men and women and situations I've gotten to run with, I just think God's pretty personal. And I just think he's pretty relatable, touchable, tangible, accessible. And I can just sort of, in my imagination, see us with all this stuff around prayer, just going, huh? Just come to me, I think he says. Just pray, I think he says. I am here to tell you that God always answers prayer. Always, every time. It's just that he simply will not go into the box we're trying to put him in. He sees situations and people through the eyes of love and mercy justice, mercy hyphen justice, and the eyes of eternity. He is sovereign. He knows the end from the beginning. He sees it through the eyes of love and mercy justice. By his definition, not mine, not yours. He doesn't make the rules. He is the rules. He is sovereign. He does reign. He's always God. He's always good. He's never not good. God always answers prayer. Always. And here's a sampler. I sat around and thought about some of the ways he's answered my prayers. You ready? Across time, I have received from him the following answers and more. Pray, 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 pray. Yes. Pray, 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 pray. No. <laughs> pray, 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 pray. Not yet. Pray, 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 pray. Ooh, I'd love to do that. That's a great idea, John. Or, great thought, John. Thank you for asking. I have something better. Or, you're on the right track, John. Keep asking. That will lead you to my right solution. Sure, son, I'd love to do that. Oh, come on, John. You know better than that. Here's another one. Yeah, <laughs> remember what happened when fill-in-the-blank person or Bible character tried something like what you're asking me? Hey, John, that's a great concept. How do you see it working in reality? How do you... Great concept is... Uh, will it work in execution? 
John, you're wonderful. I love you so much, and that is really dumb, and you know that. I've heard him say, nope. And nothing more. <laughs> and, and maybe this is his most frequent answer to my prayers. Thank you, John. I love you, and I have the ball now. Watch me work. Now, you can find lots of examples of how simply and clearly Jesus prayed. He prayed constantly, at least 38 times in the New Testament alone. Why would Jesus pray? If he's fully God and fully man, he didn't lay down his deity, he laid down his privilege. Why would, why would, why would Jesus need to pray? It says right in the Bible that he only ever said what he heard his father saying, or he only did what he saw his father doing, right? How do you suppose if he's fully man, he knew what his father was saying and doing? He prayed. That's how he knew, because he's fully man. That's, every time Jesus prayed, he went alone to the mountain and prayed. He prayed all night, and before every big miracle, you look in the verses before, you will see that he prayed. All night, or whatever, alone. Jesus prayed so that he could know, see, hear, and then do the will of the Father. That's why Jesus prayed, I submit to you today. Maybe if you want to study, his longest single prayer in the Bible is John chapter 17. Read it in several translations. You will be amazed if you take all of the religiosity off of it and just look at the words, say them out loud, and just hear them. How plain spoken, simple, and direct that high priestly prayer, they call it, is. Just pray. So let me tell you where to start. Ready? Just pray. Pray. Just pray. Over time, you can develop skill and clarity and ease. You can pray with greater effect. And it will happen over time with training and experience in the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Yes, for now, just get going. If you pray already, pray more. This is a season where it really counts. And you're already being tugged toward it, most of you, if you're already prayers. You've already felt a tug toward the deeper things, a tug, a tug toward holiness, a, a tug toward him, a tug toward separation, a tug, a tug toward what are you really saying? A tug toward where are you? What are you saying now? And if that isn't you, then just pray. Just get going. Talk with God. Acquire or and use and expand your spiritual language if you have it. And whatever you do, listen. It's far less about how effective your words are and far more about listening with your ears, your mind, your senses, your spirit, your heart. 
Breathe on me, breath of God, and help me. Just listen. You're right here. Get to know, understand, love, and follow the person of the Holy Spirit. God will help you every step of the way. He's eager to do so. Start here. First step, just pray. God loves it when we pray in any fashion. I have some great news for you. Kind of disappointing for me. He doesn't buy prayer by the pound. Amen. The simpler the prayer, the better. <laughs> and he knows who you're talking with, and he knows all of his own titles. We get this thing in, in, in church where we need to repeat his titles as we pray every other sentence, whatever. Fine, do it. I just wonder why. He, I think he knows who he is. I think he knows what his titles are. Have you ever felt like, as I sure did for a long time, man, I wish I could pray like Sister Bertha or Brother whoever, Samuel, right? Oh, man, they, they are good prayers. Wish I could pray like that. Of course. We all are attracted to that. <laughs> wow, that, that, that person really knows how to pray. Here's the thing, though. God created you as you. Once in all history event, we covered that last week. Never to be repeated. Be you. I believe your Heavenly Father says, Hey, I already have someone who prays like that. I hear them too, just fine. I created you to pray like you. <laughs> I think he goes on. I think he actually says, I actually truly love to hear you from your authentic nature, your heart, your mind, your emotions. I put them there in the first place. You know what my favorite prayer is, he says? Yours. Authentically. Just pray. You please me when you come to me just as you are, he says. Spend time with God. Seek, implement, expand your heavenly language. The bottom line, when it comes to your prayer life, no matter how clumsy our prayer, God accepts it. He will never criticize prayer. No matter how elegant our prayer or primitive our prayer, God will never issue a grade. A plus, C minus. Or a report card. I'm comforted by that. Just pray. It's never too late. It's never too early. It's never too late to turn. It's never too late to change, to come to God. Just pray. We'll never ever go too far or run too fast away from God. Just pray. We'll never do one thing so desperately wrong or a thousand things wrong to the point where we can't just Pray. He's always there. He's The door's always open. Now, Jesus coached us about this even more directly. Here's an example. Everything I've been saying, I didn't need to say, if you read the Bible, Matthew chapter 5, verses 7 and 8. 
and others, but I love how Eugene Peterson says this. You want to here's, here's what Jesus, not in a harm, not in a mean or hostile or or way. Like not like the. Okay, I'm going to say it. Not like the nun with the ruler in her hand. Lovingly, lovingly, he told. Here, I'm going to read this verbatim. You ever heard of the Lord's Prayer? These are the two verses immediately before it. The world is full of so-called prayer warriors who are prayer ignorant. They're full of formulas and programs and advice, peddling techniques for getting what you want from God. Don't fall for that nonsense. This is your father you're dealing with, and he knows better than you what you need. With a God like this loving you, you can pray very simply, like this. And then he sets forth the disciples' prayer, I call it. That's kind of comforting that the guy who's up in front of you today is saying something really similar to what the king of the universe does. Father, I pray everyone within the sound of my voice catches your spirit when it comes to praying. May we all now come to you constantly and authentically from this day forward. Father, please respond extra specially, even more clearly, that we might indeed know you are right there, touchable, tangible, listening, answering, and contending for our highest possible good. We humbly and expectantly pray these things in the beautiful, masterful, all-powerful name of Jesus. Amen? Amen means the same thing that the Old Testament says when it says verily. Verily I say unto you, verily, 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 verily. So technically, we probably should put the amen at the front of our prayers. Having said that, now we enter into the time of table time discussion, after which a light lunch will be served. Now, if you need to take off at noon, then okay, but please, please maybe change your plans and please stick around because the table, the table, the table is the most powerful piece of furniture on the planet. Let's gather around the table and process some discussion. The first one is, consider my message and discuss it. Did you get any ahas or any revelation? What If you did, what? What stands out to you is another question. What else is Holy Spirit saying to you? What did this prompt in you? What 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 can you add to it? What if John brought meat today, what's the salt and pepper? And then on your tables are two sheets. They're the Lord's Prayer slash Disciples Prayer in five different Bible translations. All right, this is complicated. Are you listening closely? Here are your instructions. Go around your table, and I broke the Lord's Prayer down into stanzas, into sections, okay? What I do with the Lord's Prayer, because I pray it constantly, driving down the road, heading for wherever, heading into meetings, heading into situations, 
constantly use it. And it's, it comes out different every time because some phrase needs accented more than the others. I usually get hung way up on hallowed be thy name. The majesty, the hugeness, the, I, I just end up in worshiping. And then it, and then it goes from there. So what I'm asking you to do is each one of you look at the stanza in the five translations and then put it into your own words. Today. And then just say it out loud around your table. Here's how I want to say that. Does that make sense? So in that table back there on the corner, there are five people sitting at it. Six, I guess. So when, uh, so each stanza would be repeated six times in their own language. That makes sense? I'm trying to get you to say it out loud. Pray aloud. I'm trying to get you past the hump of being, ooh, I don't want to pray in front of people. Okay? So, Holy Spirit, please seal this as well and good and worthy and true. Uh, pick out the stuff that doesn't suit the Father. Reinforce the stuff that does. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for joining us on Joy Church Podcasts. We want to personally invite you to our Sunday services at 1030 a.m. held at 4120 Highway 50A in Fernley, Nevada. To find out more about the Joy Life, be sure to visit www.joychurch.life. See you Sunday.